The UPMC sports medicine experts in Central PA are here to help keep you in the game and improve your quality of life, no matter your age or activity level. Visit upmc.com slash centralpa sportsmed to learn more. Welcome into another edition of PA High School Football Report. As always, we are powered by Penn Live. And uh, yes, the PAA championships have been capped weeks ago. Yes, we are now firmly inside the year 2023, which means my colleague Dan Sostic can finally vote. Good for you, Dan. Yeah, there we and, go. <laughs> and I'm closing in, of course, on my first free edition of AARP. So that I have that to look forward to. So thank you very much. But Football never really ends, uh, particularly with another NCAA signing day on the horizon in a couple of weeks. Uh, more on that in a bit. So, But, uh, Dan, how was your New Year's, my man? How everything go for you? Uh, New Year's is fun. Got, got together with some friends, uh, hung out. Uh, the day before, actually, I went skiing for the first time in my life and uh, <laughs> did not go well. Did yeah. not go very well. I, 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 got, I, I figured out the appeal of it. It seemed fun until I realized I didn't know how to stop. And then now that, that was the issue. A lot of, a lot of, you know, hitting stop dropping and rolling to make sure I didn't uh, go down the, the ski round top uh, hills up there, but overall a good time. Yeah. The only part, the only fun part about skiing is when you get to the top, you grab a cool one. <laughs> before you trumble the whole way down and break bones on the way down and then at the bottom there's another place to get another cool one yeah cannot confirm or deny that yeah. uh but uh yeah i I'll, I'll need a couple more lessons well i do need to take this up uh with you being a pit grad okay mm-hmm. all over social media today uh we saw the release of the final coaches poll mm-hmm. all right and, and, and all of these penn state people were ripping your guy no doozy for ranking Penn State ninth, when <laughs> most coaches had Penn State ranked seventh or eighth, you know they were like, "Oh, he's the longest one." Right? The kicker for me was James Franklin, of course. Yeah, I was about to coach say. at Penn State did not rank Pitt at all. Yeah. So uh, what? What do you think about that? This? I'm telling you, they do not like each other. They like it has been. <laughs> it has been like the most obvious thing in the world since Pat Narduzzi's. Uh, taking the job at Pitt and James Franklin's been at Penn State. Those two guys, like, they don't like – it's beyond we're recruiting the same kids and trying to beat them. I think they genuinely have different personalities, don't like each other. And to me, like, I feel like Pat Narduzzi is um, – I don't know if I'm speaking after, but I feel like he's the petty – he's the type of petty that would find out where everyone else, every other coach ranked Penn State and then would just rank them one spot lower. And then James <laughs> Franklin, if it's justifiable not rank Pitt, he's not going to rank Pitt. And you know what? That's – I mean, that it kind of tells you how ridiculous it is that they don't play each other every year because right. they clearly don't like each other. So, yeah, they should play everybody every, every year. That would be great. Great for the state. Anyway, all right, let's get back to the scholastic game here. I think you and I, Dan, would agree that we had a very positive early signing period on December 20th. Uh, since the NCAA added that early period, of course, which is a three day stretch uh, prior to Christmas, uh, the conference has been, Mid Pen Conference has been in that sort of seven to 10 player range uh, on who does in fact sign early uh, to their respective schools. And if, you know, if you, if you chalk up and add up district three, uh, you know, we've typically been in that, I would say 15 to 20 range of guys who choose 
uh, to sign early. It's really sort of getting at, we got more and more athletes that are enrolling early. So obviously they would sign on the 20th or a few days before Christmas, whenever that date drops and then, you know, start their, uh, start their college uh, career. Um, you know, the first couple of days of January, we've seen those tweets too, uh, where guys are tweeting out, Hey, I'm here 20 minutes early to class. Yeah. So apparently we're tweeting out everything now. Yeah. I, you know, I was, I was waiting for their first cafeteria experience to tweet that out as well. It takes but, you back to the early days of Twitter when everyone tweeted, like I'm, I'm eating a banana or something. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Nobody knew what to put, right. Yeah. Nobody knew what, what they were doing. So, yeah. So we've gotten some of those tweets and we've seen those things. So, Let's just go over the guys real quick, Dan. I'm just going to run down a list of the guys uh, from the mid-pen that did sign early on December 20th. Uh, Bishop McDevitt obviously had a, had a lot of guys um, had the most in that in that realm. Offensive lineman Gabe Arena to, uh, signed with Virginia Tech. Uh, lineman Riley Rebell, um, just an animal in that championship game, that 4A championship game against uh, Aliquippa. Uh, he signed with James Madison and is apparently going to play center. For them, which is a great, smart, heady player. Um, Sean Russell, one of the better stories that we've seen uh, coming into the season without a varsity catch, uh, now signed to South Carolina, which is amazing to me. Yeah. It's, it's an amazing story to me. I know you got a chance to see Tyshawn a bunch too, Dan. Uh, just talk a little bit about his 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 story. Go, going into this year, I, I would have guessed – that he would have been just as likely to go somewhere to play basketball. He was a really good right. basketball player for their team as well. Hadn't caught up, had not caught a single pass at the high school level entering this year. Then ends up setting the PIA state championship game touchdown record and for a championship game and is now an SEC wide receiver. Just it's, these are the things that kind of make recruit following recruiting fun. You know, seeing yes. it's 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 seeing kids like Tyshawn who really just kind of, you know, took an opportunity and completely ran with it and is now, you know, who knows, maybe he's playing in the NFL in, in, in four years when this year no one even knew he was going to be the number one. No one even knew he's going to be the number one wide receiver on uh, Bishop McDevitt. So yeah, who knows? It could be a transfer portal in two years and wind up playing USC. Yes. Next, you know, he's playing in Beaver State. Who knows? Yeah. It could happen. It could happen. Uh, another, obviously, another uh, McDevitt running back, Marquise Williams. Uh, longtime Minnesota pledge. Uh, he signed it early as well. Harrisburg athlete Kyle Williams. We talked about Kyle a lot this season. Just did so much for that Cougars team uh, and getting them back to the championship game. He signed with Temple. Uh, State College with a couple of guys. Defensive end Steven Scourdis at Harvard. And, of course, uh, lineman, uh, brothers lineman, Michael Dincher and Thomas Dincher, both to Lafayette. Uh, Trinity tight end Wyatt Cooper. It's a shame he couldn't play late. The season was injured, uh, but he signed with Stony Brook. And we talked about great stories this year. I'm not sure there's a better one than Vincent Carroll Jackson for CD East, the lineman, uh, two-way lineman who signed with Nebraska. He was originally uh, committed to Syracuse. And then um, Matt Rowe made a trip across the Susquehanna and um, – and got got his mitts in it, and uh, so now he's at Nebraska. That's a great story too, Dan. Yeah, I mean, I was talking about this with uh, our editor Brian uh, the other day. He's a guy that obviously came on the scene late. He's just started playing football years ago. You watch that film though; the it's you see why Matt Rule was like, "I need to get this guy. I don't care. He's been playing football for a year. He's got an insane first step. I, I would be shocked if he doesn't end up 
uh, contributing um, at, at least at the college level. He's he's too good an athlete, and he's also he's a really he seems like a really you know a really smart kid. Or it seems like he go, goes about it the right way. And um, I mean to learn to learn the sport as quickly as he has has been impressive. And it's, it, to be to be a Big Ten defensive tackle uh, go from you know wanting to be a chef to being that he could still be both. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, I mean. Well, I'm probably probably going to ask him to eat some more, you know, put on some more weight. So you can probably cook for all the 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 offensive line room. So that'll be that'll be a fun fun little uh, wrinkle for Vincent. Exactly. Well, congratulations to those guys. Obviously, signing early um, to their dream schools, and that's uh, it's it's a pretty fun couple of days when the guys, you know, they're all smiles, and uh, a lot of hard work goes into it, of course, and, and just stories just keep getting better and better. Uh, we wanted to focus. Uh, over the next 15 minutes or so, basically on a couple of mid-pen guys, some talents that are yet unsigned, uh, but, but we believe could sort of get that late offer uh, from the F- from FCS or maybe even an FBS-level uh, program uh, for, for signing day in February. Um, so we picked up three players each. Uh, again, I'm not sure who Dan took. I have my guys. We may overlap. Uh, but we wanted to make sure we named a couple guys um, off a pretty heavy list of mid-pen guys who could we could, you know, obviously a lot of those guys are being pursued by PSAC schools, uh, a couple strong Division three programs. Uh, and again, but we, we're, we're kind of focusing on guys that we think may may kind of squeeze it at an FCS level or FBS level here um, come February. So guys remain unsigned. We want to focus on them. So, Dan, I'm going to let you kick it off. Um, give me a guy that you believe uh, could be in that uh, in that category, some a late addition, if you will. Well, it's kind of low-hanging fruit, but, I mean, our two-time uh, Penn Live Defensive Player of the Year, Terrell Reynolds, is he's the one that leaps off the page to me. I mean, we've talked about it a lot. We've talked about Terrell a lot. I, and, I mean, he's deserved that he's had one of the best playoff runs you're ever going to see. I mean, I know it didn't end the way he wanted to, but, I'm not sure. I'm not sure Micah Parsons is changing the result of that uh, game against St. Joe's Prep if you put him out there. But that's kind of the point, right? That uh, Terrell Reynolds has broken records. That you know Micah Parsons and Deontay Barber, two guys who have had, you know, um, who were or were Division One level talents, um, held for the Cougars. Now, obviously, it's a little different. You, it's you can't. It's apples and oranges. Every season's different. But I mean. It's not like Harrisburg's playing cupcakes now. They're still going against State College. They're still going against. He's, I mean, he put up three sacks against Central York. It's he's. It's, it's it's obviously an issue of measurables is one thing. He's he's not quite the size you want to be and the athleticism. It's kind of it's kind of you know he's a tweener as as is the terminology and um, maybe there's some other factors that we don't know about because it still feels like you would think he would have more offers than than he would given the production um, and the teams he's gone against. But I just think sometimes sometimes you have to look at the athleticism and the, and you know, the height, weight, that kind of stuff. Other times I think production doesn't lie and it production in big games doesn't lie. You go back and watch the film against St. Joe's prep. He didn't record a sack. He probably didn't have the game he wanted. He was devastated after the game. You watch it. It's not like he was getting completely stonewalled by those, you know, right. linemen. He was getting through. He was over pursuing a little bit, kind of missed out on some plays, but it didn't look like he was athletically overwhelmed by a good team. Um, I think that there's a spot in, you know, FBS and maybe FCS for for a guy like Terrell Reynolds. And 
Um, uh, he's a good kid and always a good interview. Um, when I, whenever I, I mean, I'm short, but whenever I stand next to him, it doesn't look like size an issue. But, uh, you know, it's a little different when you're going up against the Paris Johnsons of, of the world. Uh, but, yeah, I, I think it's pretty obvious Terrell's a, a, the, the guy that uh, sticks out here. Yeah, you mentioned, too, his production late in the season. You know, when you're, when you're supposedly going against the better teams, you know, come postseason, uh, he never really missed a beat. Like you said, I mean, yeah, he would have loved to have a better game um, numbers-wise, uh, maybe get a sack or two against St. Joe's Prep in the final. But again, one of the, you know, once the game gets sideways like that too, uh, it's difficult. You know, you, they, they can plan to run past you. They can allow you to run up the field and things like that. But you're right. He wasn't overmatched. It wasn't like he was on his back uh, mm-hmm. the entire game. So it just sort of was one of those things. Um, but I like the fact that it seemed like every step uh, uh, Harrisburg made, um, he was that consistent two, three sack guy. And, you know, nobody really talked about because he was so dynamic. The plays he made, you know, in the backfield were so dynamic. Nobody really bit talked about, hey, he's pretty good pursuing the football, too, and make, it, make a tackle. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. You know? also, yeah, he does it all for them. Like, it's yeah. not like. Not like they were an easy team to run on either. No, I mean it was it's it's hard. Yeah, it's hard to look when you see somebody, okay, 22, 23 sacks. It's hard to overlook that number. But the consistency part of him from start to finish of the season is the 108 stops or whatever it was for him. So for me, I, I think he definitely has a spot. Uh, you know, whether it comes I hope I hope it comes late for him. Uh, but he's gonna play somewhere and and somebody's gonna get a real good you know, um, hard nose, sort of that one of those dog players that that that's going to give you everything he has. So I agree with you there. Uh, my first guy, Dan, is I'm going to go with Connor Black, the linebacker at Big Spring, and and a couple of reasons why. Um, you know, first of all, he's got the size, and he's got some room to even add more. He's six two, two hundred right now. Um, and let's face it, speed at the speed at the next level is 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 monumental. Uh, everybody needs it when you're playing a linebacker position now because they're all hybrids. They all can run. Um, but to play inside and out, he's he, you know, Black is a kid that I think right now has has good lateral speed. Don't get me wrong, but would really benefit to get inside a program and get a direct program wherever he lands on how to improve that that part of his game. Because I really believe when you thought all the other tangibles about being a linebacker, you know, being hard nosed and physical and, you know, good instincts. And, and, and obviously the quarterback of the defense, he's got that, he's got that part, you know, uh, to me, he seems like he could have the same type of journey as uh former Waynesboro linebacker Forrest Ryan. And we just talked about last week. Now I don't want to put that kind of pressure on Connor because obviously Forrest is currently on an NFL roster, but that type of player, I think he, Connor could have that type of, um, a, a sort of journey and Forrest obviously went to Villanova and had a tremendous career there. So yeah. I like, I like the, the, the possibility of Connor getting something late here um, and getting a chance to play at the next level um, and being really successful in doing it. I love that pick because that's you putting on your scouting hat. That's not a, that's, yeah. that's a little different than the Terrell Reynolds pick, which you just, you know, me kind of, Oh look! Here's the low-hanging fruit. I'm going to grab it. <laughs> that's uh, that's Eric Epler's scouting uh, 101, and I, I think it's a good pick. I mean, you kind of mentioned you kind of mentioned him to me when we were pitching this idea, and I I haven't co- I didn't cover Big Spring at all this year, so I didn't really get to see him. Uh, kind of 
just started looking looking at some of you know the measurables, kind of checked out some some clips of his play. Looks like it. I think he, you're onto something. He definitely that that's a good comparison to Forrest Ryan. That that sometimes it's it's less about you know it, it, it especially at the linebacker position. It's really about how like knowing how to pursue the football and knowing and you need the size too. But I think that's a good pick. All right, when we come back, we'll continue our list of guys we think could get a late uh, a late look, a late offer here from FCS or maybe even an FBS-level program. This is PA High School Football Report with Dan and Epp. We'll be right back. The UPMC sports medicine experts in Central PA are here to help keep you in the game and improve your quality of life, no matter your age or activity level. Visit upmc.com slash centralpasportsmed to learn more. All right, we are back on the Pennsylvania High School Football Report. We are talking recruiting, signings, and, of course, guys for the Mid-Pen Conference. Uh, we plucked three guys each that we believe could be uh, could get a late offer here from FCS or FBS programs, kind of slide into that level of football. Uh, we have a big list of guys uh, who are waiting to sign, and like I said, a lot will wind up um, in Division Two with the PSAC, a couple other programs, all good football programs. But these are guys that we think maybe even get to that next level at the FCS. And if not, you know, maybe even an FBS, uh, a late, a late chance to play FBS football. So uh, Dan's first guy, of course, was Terrell Reynolds, uh, Harrisburg defensive end. Uh, my guy was Connor Black, uh, linebacker from Big Spring. So we're going to continue with Dan's number two. Yeah, I'm going with um, with kind of, you know, a guy that. I'm not sure. Last time I checked, I'm not even sure if he has an official, if he announced that he's had an offer yet. And that's easy Thomas on Carlisle. Um, when we were, we were talking about, you know, when you obviously run the, the all state team vote, we asked if there are any guys we were missing uh, to pitch and either you do a great job, hardly miss anybody. But the one guy I said, I thought um, deserved to be on there. And I, uh, it was just because of the way the coaching staff talked about him is easy Thomas. Um, he's, he's kind of that new hybrid type player. A lot of teams are looking for where he's probably more of a safety. Um, but he can also, he played a little bit linebacker for Carlisle as well. Athletic kid, just, uh, I believe finished the year with 111 tackles, 10, 10 tackles for lost four sacks, three interceptions, eight pass breakups, played a little bit of quarterback in college too, which I always like at those positions because it's kind of, you, you can understand, you kind of know the processes that are going on there. Uh, he is just, I don't think it's any coincidence that Carlisle's had its two best years in a long time with him being a big part of it. Uh, I just think he's a, he's a winner. I think he's a good player um, with good traits. Um, and I'm not sure if he'll get an FBS or FCS school offer. Um, I think his offer sheet should be way bigger than it is right now. And I think whichever team gets him a two-time captain as well, just a real big leader for that team. Fred Ick has told us, that kid's a college football player after their last game against Hemfield when he had a pick six against a good Hemfield team. Um, he didn't, I, again, it's kind of like you look for guys that never really look outmatched, no matter who the opponent is. Even right. if you're losing the game 45 to nothing, it's kind of you have to look at the individual level. And I, I think Easy Thomas is a guy that's going to, um, we're going to look up in four years and he's going to be whatever division, whatever level he's playing at, he's going to be playing at a pretty solid level there. So I'm going with Easy Thomas. Yeah, there's no question that Brett Eckes would have loved to have gotten Easy Thomas an established one position on offense, whether it's that slot sort of, you know, H-back kind of thing, 
or put him out wide because obviously you're going to want to get that kid the ball, um, even in a toss right, toss left situation, uh, just because he is so dynamic. He can score on any time he touches the ball. Uh, but defensively was where the kid really stood out. I mean, he really did. And after you mentioned Easy Thomas to me, I actually said I made a couple calls. <laughs> I have a sort of there's a lengthy network of writers, and then there's a close knit kind of group uh, that I sort of lean on um, in this area in a sixty mile radius, uh, and asked them and asked them about him, and all of them said, "Yep." Not even didn't didn't even go into detail. Just said, "Yep." Kid needs to be on the needs to be on there. So. Um, so that was pretty impressive to me because for me, I only saw Carlisle, Carlisle once and it was, you know, in a really wacky game against yeah. York. Um, yeah. so when no defense was played, so. <laughs> it was, I mean, it was, it was, it was an impressive up and down. I think the game lasted about three and a half hours, yeah. but, um, but yeah, it was just, it was just one, F, but at a necessity, you know, coach had to put him in different positions. For whatever reasons, injuries and just not doing well here and that, um, so we got a chance to play all those positions. But yeah, it's weirdly, I, yeah. weirdly, the versatility might hurt, might have hurt him a little bit in the recruiting process because right. it's kind of hard, but it might help him once he gets somewhere because he's going to be able to do a lot of different things. Yeah, because I think if he gets it's similar to what I said with Black, when you get into the program yeah. and things are things are um, dialed in for you specifically or your position specifically training diet this this all this when he gets a chance to focus on one thing and one position i think he could just explode yeah i i really do so i agree 100 with that pick uh it would be nice to see where he falls and lands and uh because he certainly deserves it and he'd be a kid that would you know he'd run he'd run through walls for you yeah so exactly. those guys you want to see succeed for sure all right, Dan, my next guy is um is also, we'll call him a hybrid, uh, is Finn Fermanek. Uh, I'm just gonna call him an athlete uh from State College. Obviously played quarterback most of the year for them, uh, on the defensive side as well, his secondary. I'm not sure what Fermanek's intentions are to play at the next level. I'm not even sure which college programs have, you know, been in contact, like you said, um with Easy or even offered the little lines quarterback. I just know from watching this kid that dozens of college coaches would benefit greatly from having him on the field. I, I, I mean, name your need for, for starters. He's a proven leader. We know that uh, he was perhaps among the top five, most versatile guys that I saw uh, this year in the mid pen conference, which is saying a lot. Uh, his athleticism is terrific. Uh, you could stash him at wide receiver slot quarterback and he'll get you positive yards he'll get you what you need no matter where you line him up and two to three years down the road if you saw Fermanek, you know starting as a free safety uh somewhere in the somewhere in the middle ranks or upper ranks F fbs i don't think anybody would be surprised i really don't i mean that's you need the speed you need the toughness he's got that as well i mean hell prototype offensive uh, or outside linebackers at the fbs level are, are are sort of in the same mold i mean maybe Maybe Finn would pack on 10, 15, 20 pounds to be ideal. But I guess what I'm saying is I think you have to take a chance on this kid, don't you? Yeah. To me, like the question with him is almost more, 
you know, does he go that route or does he look for a preferred walk-on spot? Because yeah. he seems like the type of kid that, you know, those preferred walk-on spots, a lot of times it's kids like that, right? It's these leaders, these kids who, you know, it's hard. They pl- made to play quarterback in college a good or high school, good athletes that, you know, uh, coaches just want to have in the building. They just think these kids are winners. These kids know how to play football. You know, I'm not sure if we want to use a scholarship on them, but they could be a guy down the road that, like you said, switches positions and then they get one of those viral videos <laughs> where they get the scholarship. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, he's just a guy that does it all. Um, I, I really think when we're talking about these kids too, we're also talking about um, if a lot of times it's we're we're kind of drawn to those captains, right? Because that's yeah. what that's that's what these coaches, co- players who aren't signed right now, there's got to be reasons that the coaches want them in this late at the process. and. One of those reasons is going to be, are they going to help my locker room? Are they going to be guys that help me during practice? Because that's an, that's something you, people overlook a lot in practice is having good bodies to run scout teams, things like that. That that has value too. Um, but I agree, if he doesn't want to go that route, he can be a a uh, you know productive player at the FBS uh, uh, type level or you know PSAC level for sure. Um, I mean, who knows? He's he's right in Happy Valley. Maybe maybe um, yeah. yeah. I, I thought I saw Furmanick on uh, the. Penn State roster. I could have been wrong. So I don't know if his brother uh was a preferred walk on there too or not. But um uh I could I could have could have misread or something. But um either way, you know, if James Franklin wants a local kid, I'd be hard pressed to find a better one than Finn Vermont. Exactly. Exactly. All right, who's your last guy? I'm going to kind of simple, kind of uh a little fun here. I'm I'm gonna go uh, you know, right down the road from I'm not gonna give out where I live, but uh Cedar Cliff, and I'm going with a uh, place kicker, Derek Whitmer. Uh, this, this is pretty simple. He can kick. He can kick the ball. <laughs> he's a he's a very good kicker, and uh, I think those guys tend to end up. If you can kick a football, you tend to end up going to places that need people who can kick the football. Uh, he kicked one of the best kicks I've seen this year as a I believe 48 yarder to beat Lower Dauphin. Um, he had he'd missed a kick a couple seconds ago. He, and it, it wasn't because of lack of leg strength. He said he misjudged the wind um, and it hit the crossbar. Uh, and it, you know, it sounds like an excuse, but then the 10 seconds later, he kicks it again and uh, 15 yards past the crossbar. I think, I think it proved his point. Just one of the most solid kickers uh, I think that we've had in this area in the year, uh, last couple of years. And they've needed it, especially this year when the offense, you know, wasn't as dynamic as it was last year with Jonte Morris. He really, made sure they got points when they kind of moved the ball, but stalled out. Um, just a really good kicker. Uh, I think, I think he'll, I wouldn't be surprised if he ends up at a division one school kicking footballs. Yeah, we had, we've had some good success uh, and not too recent past about the guys, especially going out to eat. We had a couple move out to Eastern Michigan, a couple of D three guys. Um, and now um, uh, the kicker for Cedar Crest is now at Maryland. Yeah, he's three, one of the best kickers in the country. Yeah, yeah, and he made I think he had three field goals in the bowl game, if I'm not yeah. mistaken. So uh so yeah, so we've had some really good guys and 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 uh we've got some really good guys around the state too. And I know they just had the um um I'm guessing Whitmore is probably part of the um the big thirty three tryouts, yeah. uh which happened uh I think a week ago, only a week ago. So I have not heard of the results or who they picked they've selected yet. For the kicker and punter but that was that's always a huge comp uh competition and, and i'm yeah, sure it was part of that so yeah this was just a pick more along the lines of we were kind of saying 
who's most likely to end up at FBS or FCS. <laughs> I kind of cheated and picked a, you know, an easy, not easier position, but you yeah. know, a, a kind of a, a kind of an easier one to um, pick out who translates. Cause it's, you know, it's just, just kicking a football. We, we had another kicker, uh, punter who I probably could have picked too, but uh, we'll, yeah. we'll Mason Young, but we'll stick with Derek. All right. My last guy, Dan is a wide receiver of CD East, Terrence Jackson Copney. Six foot one, 180 pounds. Here's what I like about this guy. Uh, aside from the intangibles that you need of being a really good athletic wide receiver, he's got speed. Um, you know, everything sort of hits for him to be successful at the next level. Maybe, maybe you say, oh, he, it would be like he could be an inch or two taller or whatever, but he's been stuck. This is what I talk about. What we talk, you talked about, you know, being a good locker room guy and, and, and actually being a, being a real benefit. Uh, to the team and not just as a player on the field. Uh, this guy's sort of been stuck in an ongoing situation at East um, about the constant development of the quarterback position. And, it, you know, and I'm not, I'm not dissing, you know, uh, the, these guys, the QBs, but, you know, it has a lot to do with, with trying to tinker and get the right formula up front too along the offensive line. Um, but that makes it difficult for a guy like Jackson Copney to, to, to consistently put up numbers, you know, consistently put up numbers that people react to, you know, as well as I do, you know, uh, somebody runs for 200 yards and next week, a lot more eyeballs are on that guy to see what he does next. You know, so, it, so the numbers for, for Jackson Copney been sort of up and down inconsistent. Um, but that's relative to what to see from what the team has been sort of going through. Um, so he, so in that respect, I think he's only received kind of a sporadic attention in the recruiting game. I, I know Clarion uh, is on board, has offered him. I think Wheeling University has offered him. But I believe he might be one of these late edition guys uh, to catch on at an FCS program come February just because, you know, he's got the intangibles to, to succeed at the next level. And I think that stick to that's not a word, but people use it. Um, you know, to kind of persevere and to kind of press through um, a lot of difficult downs for CDs over the last couple of years. You know, um, I, I think that says a lot about his character. I know he wears his heart on his sleeve. You can see frustration at times from him, but that's OK. To me, that's not, you know, if, if it's not a disruption um, to the team and it's not consistent, you know, I like a guy gets frustrated if he's not getting the rock and he's not. You know what I mean? Getting a chance to 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 show what he can do, and um, I just think there was a there's there should be a, there should have been a lot more possibilities and a lot more balls uh, for this wide out. So I, I think he's got the strength and and the intangibles to 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 do really well at the next level. So he's a guy I fished out. Yeah, he's he's a gamer. I last year um, when Tony Powell got hurt um, in, a, in a game against uh, I forget which game it was, but I was covering it. Um, forget who the opponent was. I forget if it was Warwick or not. Um, but either way, he got hurt, and Terrence uh, Jackson Comedy comes in, and he dominated the game with his legs. He just he looked like the best athlete on a field that had Mackay Flowers on it, which yep. is, uh, like, he moves so well, which is why they moved him to wide receiver, I imagine, is because, I mean, he was okay as a thrower last year. He played a lot of quarterback for that team, yep. kind of alternated with Tony Powell, but I think you could see why Lance Dean decided we need this guy at wide receiver. We need to get him the ball in space because he just, he's such a fluid, uh, such a fluid runner. 
Um, I agree with you wholeheartedly. I think this guy's a an athlete at the next level. Um, just didn't have kind of kind of one of those kids, you know, ran out of time to show off on film what he could do, especially this year when kind of a down year for CDs. Um, and I believe he started the year at quarterback, then kind of yep. shifted to wide receiver. So really, it could just be one of those things where didn't put enough film on, and then once he gets into a program, um, you know, he could he could blow up because he does move differently. He does for sure. All right, so those are our six guys: Dan's picks, Darrell Reynolds from Harrisburg, Derek Whitmer from Cedar Cliff, and Easy Tom's from Carlisle. My picks: Connor Black from Big Spring, Vincent Jackson Copney. Uh, from CD East and Finn Fermanac from State College. That will do it for this edition of PIA School Football Report. We thank you, as always, for joining in. All of our archive stuff can be found on Spotify, Acast, wherever you download your podcast. Come back next week to join us, and we'll see you then. The UPMC sports medicine experts in Central PA are here to help keep you in the game and improve your quality of life, no matter your age or activity level. Visit upmc.com slash central PA sports med to learn more.